talking about something that affects so many people, but that nobody wants to talk about. Pornography. Speaking to individuals trying to stop looking at porn, and to spouses looking for support. This is Danny and Lindsay Pullman, a married couple who have been through this together. We're sharing a mix of our personal experiences, our experience as certified life coaches, and other empowering ideas. We hope this can help you on your journey. Enjoy! Hello, hello! We're back again, Lindsay. Hey guys, Danny here too. We're here today and we are talking about everybody's favorite subject, shame. <laughs> Actually, it is a really interesting subject and I love all the work that's been in research that's being doing being done on it these days. So um, Danny's going to talk first about his experience with shame and then I will talk about my experience uh, with the shame I felt after um, learning about his pornography use. So, D. All right. First of all, just a shout out to all of you who are listening here to face your shame that maybe you haven't wanted to face and you're working on it. How awesome is that? Or just people who want to learn more about it so they can support their friends and family that are going through this kind of stuff. For sure. Um, okay, so what was it like for me dealing with the shame uh, from using pornography and also telling Lindsay about it? Um, for me, I had dealt with this for a long time. I would shame myself just for even having thoughts about maybe using porn, even for not actually doing it. Um, and I would tell myself things like, I'm broken, or I'm hopeless, or uh, not going to go to heaven with my family. Um, I want to control myself, but I just can't. And then there were some ideas from 12 Steps um, that weren't necessarily helpful for me, like thinking that I'm diseased somehow in my brain or powerless. Um, uh, but it, it, my shame, it often came from just this idea that I was completely flawed to the core and defective and that there was something wrong with me. And it was, it's, it's a terrible feeling. Anyone who's dealt with this, um, and has felt like that it's it's horrible it's really really painful and all of you have probably felt it because like we said on the prior episode people that don't feel shame are typically you know on the sociopath spectrum so we have all felt it in some way or manner in our lives it might not be with pornography specifically but it could be with our children looking at pornography or our children not going on their missions or you know whatever it might be us not getting into onto a certain team whatever it might be we all have probably felt it to some extent in our lives so that's why it's great to learn about yeah good point good point um but it's really uncomfortable and um i was not particularly good at feeling my feelings and so i would want to get away from that feeling and i'd want to hide um that's part of why there's the secrecy that happens a lot of times people doing this stuff the person they're most likely to lie to about it is the person they love most in the world because they don't want to disappoint that person. And if they were to know the truth about me, then they would not even want anything to do with me, that kind of idea going on, right? And that's not necessarily true, but that's what's going on a lot of times in our minds. And um, and then the other thing is because I'd want to get away from how painful that shame was is I'd be more likely to go look at more porn because that was one of my ways of 
avoiding feeling tough feelings and um so actually does not help with those efforts of trying to learn how to not do that um but it kind of an interesting point though is is that some did some deeper part of you think that the shame would lead you to looking at less porn and that's something we can talk about later but i think that's kind of an interesting thing i think sometimes we think those feelings will drive us to not do the thing we don't want to do when actually they drive us to do it more. So just kind of something to chew on a little bit as we go yeah. through this episode. And then when you get the big dopamine reward from the activity, then it, it establishes a pattern that your brain's going to try to repeat to get more dopamine, right? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, I felt like I was in a place where I was almost... Like when I told Lindsay, for example, about looking at porn, that it's almost apologizing just for existing as a person is almost how it felt. It's and with shame, a lot of times it's that it's different than guilt, where it's just like I did this thing that I want to change, and I'm acknowledging and owning that. It's like no, I am the wrong thing, and um, but ultimately, like what was I really apologizing for when I approached Lindsay? It's basically that I lied to her otherwise yeah. like the the other stuff is kind of between me and <clears throat> and myself and I and and God and yeah anyway go ahead Lens. what's your well and I was just thinking along with that I mean it's it seems like most people um especially LDS couples whether spoken or unspoken spoken have an agreement almost that husband's don't look at pornography, but I could be totally wrong there. But yes, my betrayal, the reason why I felt I did feel betrayed is because this is something that I checked in on with Danny, you know, every once every year or two or every, you know, maybe a few times a year. And he had said no. So that's where my sense of, um, you know, betrayal came from. So, yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say before I? No, I'm ready for you to go. Okay. What was it like for you in your shame? This is so much fun, you guys like just kidding and I know I'm like I'm not trying to like make this a light you know a light joking subject but um so I'm not sure why I even joke about that but it it can help to laugh about these things well I mean we just we do have a different perspective now it's not a it's not one where I look back and laugh at it but I'm just being sarcastic about how much fun it was um but yeah I think you know he came to me and he told me about his secret and I definitely kind of started going into shock mode. And speaking of shock, I do have a, um, my colleague and I, I have a, um, a, col- a therapist colleague who we have like a understanding shock worksheet. So if you guys are interested in what to do, how to handle and understand what shock means for you in your specific situation, we'll leave a link on our website notes for you to get access to that. But yeah, I was feeling shame. Um, and where was this shame coming from? You know, and in the moment, I didn't really know. Like, Danny wanted to keep his, you know, his health problems a secret because he was dealing with some major mental illness at that point. Um, and I followed suit. And, you know, I think sometimes we forget that shame thrives off of secrets. So here's Danny. He's feeling shame. And then I'm feeling shame. But, you know, the shame that we had, we were both creating with the way we were thinking about our situation. But we both were reinforcing the same thing, which is shame. And I think something that, you know, the thing about shame is in my, from my perspective is, you know, you're trying to avoid pain. Like you don't want to feel the pain 
And I feel like the shame is kind of this way where you're trying to, you know, you're, you feel like you're not able to hide and you might feel exposed. And, um, but until you're ready to deal with the shame, then you're not going to be able to like deal with the pain that's there. And a lot of times if this is, if this is going on in a marriage or a relationship where that pain, you feel like that pain is caused by somebody else, dealing with the shame needs to happen, the shame and the pain before you can start working on your relational issues. And that's something that I learned in a betrayal trauma certification course that I went through. So it's kind of an initial stage to work through before you even start thinking about marriage and what should we do about our marriage and making those quick things like those quick decisions, you know, I advise people to just slow down, take some space, get some clarity, you know, reconnect with yourself. And this takes time. It's different for everybody, but it can take, you know, it might take months for some, it might take years for others, different for everybody. But um, taking the time to just, you know, address your shame, address your pain and go through those steps can be really, really helpful. And then you can start thinking about, your relationship and this might not make sense if you're in like a highly abusive you know physically abusive relationship or something like that but I think for most at least with a lot of my clients like they recognize that their husbands are very committed to the marriage um, and their husbands are very committed to them and their husbands have been coping with something like pornography or drugs or things like that and so it's just a matter of like helping them address their own pain and their own grief and their own shame so that they can then move on to the relational stuff and be more have more clarity as they work on their relationship um oh sorry I thought daddy was going to say something <laughs> so one thing that helps dissipate shame is talking about it so I still remember like feeling like I was going to explode with like all these like secrets that I felt like I had to keep, you know, on behalf of my husband. But it's interesting because I think in the moment I thought it was kind of like on behalf of Danny, like, oh, I can't tell, you know, our dental school friends about this because. Well, I asked you not to <clears throat> tell people. Right. He didn't first, want me. Right? Well, yes. But th even with your depression and anxiety, you didn't want people to know. Yes. Um, and it was really interesting because I was kind of like, I like respected that, but I think I like unconsciously was kind of glad too because in some ways I was like making his you know mental illness and his you know his pornography use about me and so in some ways it was like a little bit of a relief but I did get to a point where yeah it's kind of interesting but I did get to a point where I did disclose what I was going through and what one of my really good colleagues says is we disclose to help ourselves and to help others that's usually like a reason to disclose so I wasn't looking to disparage my husband, but I really like needed <laughs> to talk to somebody about this. And I hadn't started therapy yet at this point. And so I did tell a really good friend of mine. And it's amazing like how choosing to be vulnerable with safe people um, can really, really help dissipate the shame. And it can really help you get to a place where you can start looking at the pain that you're feeling and examining those thoughts you know, and having the clarity that to see what's causing your pain. And I will say on top of that, um, being in a group scenario with people who are going through similar things, I swear it dissipates shame like nothing else because you really see how other people are going through the same things and have the same, you know, set of core beliefs that, um, you know, that where they feel like they're not enough. And so, um, group settings can also be really, really helpful for that too. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's the 
the biggest thing I got out of going to 12 steps meetings for a while. Um, even though a lot of the methods and ways it's taught there didn't, uh, I didn't find as helpful in the long run for me. Mm -hmm. It didn't resonate with me as much. The, one of the biggest things that I did get is just being in a group with guys who are all working on this yeah, and we're all there owning it together and just like supporting each other and that yeah that's incredibly powerful and it, yeah and I think um there there obviously is not one way to do this for everybody there are a lot of people who do 12 steps and it's like the best thing for them and there are a lot of people who get life coaches or, or go through therapy like we did and then get life coaches um and it just kind of depends on where you're at and where you want to be you know some people like might not even need to go to therapy when they find out their husbands look at pornography um, maybe because that sense of betrayal doesn't feel as deep um, and and also because of the way they think about things. And some people need to. And so it just kind of, it's totally unique and individual. And so just know that whatever you choose to do, if you're going through this, it gets to be your own journey. Okay. Um, one thing I did want to tell you guys is there's an acronym for shame that we use a lot um, in the coaching community. And I'm guessing probably in the therapy community too. Um, but there's an acronym for shame and it's should have already mastered everything. And so for me specifically, you know, the shame of my husband looking at <laughs> pornography, salute, the, <laughs> this, the shame, it like, there was probably a little bit of shame, like, oh no, like people are going to find out my husband's looking at porn and that's going to mean something about me. But I think the deeper, deeper shame came more from beliefs about myself um, and my body and how not beautiful I was and basically his actions confirmed what I already believed about myself and so I think the interesting thing is is before I found out about the pornography I think I already had this set of beliefs about myself I didn't really love my body and yeah I loved myself but like definitely knew there were like some physical flaws and things like that um, but I think what happened is I borrowed my belief in my lovability from Danny's actions. And so I was like, well, he married me, so I guess I am beautiful. Or he's following through on all of these like things that he said he wants to do. And so I was making his actions mean something about my lovability. And that can work really well when the actions are exactly what you want them to be. <laughs> so when you say it confirmed <clears throat> what you were believing, you mean... You kind of like found what you were looking for out of that already in your mind? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, because I didn't believe these things about myself. And so I was looking for external things to like confirm like this almost like illusion of complete lovability in myself because I, I wasn't always, I wasn't already there. And so his actions confirmed, it was almost like, let's say I like believed I was like 50% lovable his actions helped bridge that gap from 50 to like 90% or something like that. So his actions... At least like in your mind. In my mind, yeah. exactly, right? right? Because we are... brain works. Yeah, so, and I'm like a math person. So his actions like bridged this gap for me and helped me to feel lovable. And I chose to feel that way with the way that I thought about everything. Um, and a lot of this was very subconscious. But then, so that can work really, really well for you when so-and-so is following through on what you want them to do. But then when you find out so-and-so has been lying to you, then that's where I got totally messed up in my head because I like because all these core beliefs 
that I wasn't, I hadn't already kind of like figured out for myself. Now they weren't like the math equation wasn't working. It's like, oh, obviously I'm not lovable. Obviously I'm not enough because of what he did. And that's why like with what my husband and I are teaching, it's so important to develop and evolve and grow in your love for yourself, you know, regardless of external things. And it can be so much more empowering. And it doesn't mean that we go through this, you know, this life not ever wanting or seeking love from other people, but we get to choose to know that we're choosing to feel it or not feel it, or we're choosing to believe or not believe, and we're making it ours. Really, really good. Um, I was going to share some things that helped me dealing with my shame. Um, just like any tough emotion, one of the things that we have to do before we can really process it and move forward is face it and feel it and allow it to be there. Um, that was a, a tough process for me. That was not natural. I'd spent a lot of time in my life running from tough emotions and, um, so that took some time. Um, just naming it when you notice it happening inside of you is really powerful and it can there's uh research to suggest that that reduces the intensity of the emotion inside of you even up to like 50 percent um which is kind of a subjective idea but even you know if it can help decrease the intensity of it that's going to help you be able to sit with it even better um so yeah learning to sit with it um and writing it writing down things about it um really helpful for me talking about it with someone like Lindsay was saying earlier that's uh trusted and actually helpful for you to talk with um whether that's a loved one or a therapist or a coach um I had some amazing therapists and coaches that have helped me to uh, learn how to reframe how I look at this stuff in a very empowering way um and that's the next thing is identifying my existing self-talk um, which I'm going to always be working on throughout my life and then changing and practicing new self-talk as needed um, in ways that are going to serve you better that are going to help you get where you want to get even better I love that yeah and then just to echo like you know what am I grateful for for how I handled this I'm grateful that I reached out to safe people and I'm grateful that I got to a place where I was willing to go get some professional help and I'm really grateful that um, I took the time to look inward and see what I could create for myself and that it took a while for me to get there but I did I do remember a very specific low point where I was like I need to just figure this out for me like whether he figures it out or never figures it out I need to just know that I can be okay no matter what and being willing to do those things for myself has also really helped you know, with our, you know, it might sound counterintuitive, but it's actually helped us um, come together and be more connected than ever in our marriage. Yeah. So that's a really helpful for, and we'll thing talk, for anybody to do. Right. right. And we'll talk more about that in, in a later episode too, yes, that idea. So. Um, okay. So uh, lastly here, if we were to look back and go with the thank you next theme that we're going mm -hmm. for here, um, how would you look at how you went through this process with a thank you and acceptance type attitude. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of just 
barely talked about the things I'm glad I have gratitude for. But um, again, it kind of goes back to what I said in the prior episode is I did exactly what I knew to do in the moment with the exact skill set that I had in that moment. So yeah, maybe I did feel some shame. That's okay. It's part of my experience to feel shame. Um, you know, and I got to a point where I didn't like how shame felt. And so I chose to talk to somebody. And so just being willing to, um, make my journey mine is probably the thing I'm most grateful for because, you know, you, I got a lot of different advice from a lot of different people and I had to make some big choices about if I was going to follow my, excuse me, follow myself and my heart and my gut, um, or follow what all the external, you know, different external people were saying. And so finding snippets of truth that resonated me with me and holding on to those is probably what I'm thankful for too. Awesome. Um, for me, if I were to look at how I went through this, um, with a thank you and acceptance type attitude, um, it would look like this. I, I, when I look at it, um, Rather than looking at it as me being defective or flawed or diseased, um, a much more useful way for me to look at this is is to say, hey, my brain is working by design. The fact that I was turning to porn in the way that I was was my brain working by design. And our brains are not evolved to handle man-made concentrated pleasures like porn or sugar or alcohol drugs whatever it is to handle those things well um and recognizing that is super helpful and recognizing that it was actually a certain part of my brain doing its job really really well and learning to go after that dopamine that it doesn't know the difference between where that dopamine comes from. It thinks, hey, more dopamine must be more important to my survival. Um, So understanding more about how that process works in my brain has been very helpful. I have a a freebie that I offer uh, on my website when people subscribe to my email list that goes a little bit more in depth on this stuff than I am now. Um, And then also on the flip side, recognizing that my brain, even though parts of it aren't hand, aren't evolved to handle pornography well, it also is evolved to handle it well if I learn the skills and approaches that are going to allow me to get in that headspace that does start to manage this. And using that prefrontal cortex to be in charge of the lower <clears throat> parts of your brain and um, always having it be in charge when it comes to things like porn or whatever the... <laughs> the concentrated pleasure is. Um, And can I just add, I think it's such a beautiful way that he talks about that because our, like our brains are neuroplastic. So as long as we are on this earth with a functioning brain and we have a desire to change, of course it's possible, right? So we don't have to think we're just always going to be this way and we, there's no hope and it's always going to be really hard. It actually doesn't have to be. You know? Yeah, totally. So, anyway, keep going. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like what you said, like just looking back and seeing myself, like, you know what? I handled that the very best way I knew how. I was trying so hard, and I've never stopped trying. I've never stopped giving up on this. 
and how awesome is that? Um, I'm so grateful I haven't given up. And um, and then also just appreciating that at the time I thought that shaming myself and kind of hating myself into change was going to help me get the changes I wanted in my life. I really I thought that was kind of the way to do it. Like, okay, I did something I don't want to do, so I'm going to beat myself up for it enough that I won't want to do it anymore, right? And that's kind of what I knew at the time. But, um, and I'm grateful that I was doing it in that effort to learn and grow and better myself. So I like to recognize that that was uh, part of why the shame was there. Is It was all me making a, an effort to be my best me. And now I have a different approach that um, is much more empowering and effective and actually gets me results that... I'm wanting in my changes. Um. Yeah. And again, like we're still very human people. And so, you know, you don't just master shame for the rest of your life. It's, it'll, it comes up in other sneaky little ways, but we have these incredible life coach tools to help us kind of address it and catch it before, you know, you go into like a, we go into like full blown shame attacks. And so that's also something that's been really, really helpful for us. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the next, right? The thank you next is, how are we going to continue to work through our shame that comes up? Because it definitely still comes up for me. Yeah, and for me, it, it comes up just in different things that I'm doing with my life. So, yeah. yeah. All right. We'll talk more awesome. about the next later. All right. Yes, have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, or just feel better about your life and marriage, please reach out to us, whether it's for both of you or just yourself. You'd be surprised how much progress can be made in your marriage even if one of you works on the relationship. Don't wait for someone else to make things better for you. For more information or to find out what it would be like to have a coach, visit our websites, lindsaypullman.com and dannypullman.com. Make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. For freebies or other guides mentioned, check out the show notes. And to our current clients, we love you and thank you for letting us be a part of your hero's journey.